Hello and welcome to podcast number two of Mind Your Own Retirement. I'm John Deeks and Kay Fallick is the publisher of Your Life Choices website and e-news. Hello, hi, Kay. Hi, John. Nice to see you again. Yes. And great response to podcast number one. Yeah, look, we were totally thrilled with how many people hit the website, told us they liked it, suggested topics and told us that they'd shared it with their friends. And thank you for all those suggestions, but however, I am back again for number two. <laughs> Winnie, where's your puppy dog? Ebony. Oh, Ebony. <laughs> Ebony is, the, is the, the, the puppy dog that we have uh, at the office, at the uh, Your Life Choices office, who we love to death. And she's my least troublesome daughter. Oh. How old is she? She's six. Six, oh, six-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, before we get into some of our subjects, which we're going to cover retirement, are we going to do some more travel today as well? Absolutely, but we've got an expert on the line. Oh, I love an expert. Yes, I do too. And you know lots of experts. I, uh, I'm you're, expert you're sort of central. The, you're <laughs> the, the gatherer of experts, aren't you? I see myself as a traffic cop. Calling them in, yeah. sending them out, yeah. stop there, come on through. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why Your Life Choices is, uh, is, has got 230,000 folks who, uh, who rely on it. So we'll talk more about that. But have you been out and about? Have you seen Rocket Man? I Elton John's have. life story? I have. I have not. So tell me why I should see it or should not. It's beautiful. It's, the music is phenomenal. But it's a story about someone who was not loved and became loved. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful story. The chap who plays Elton sings all the songs. You're kidding. And really? you think, wow. oh, wow, I, will I like it as much? Trust me, you will. It's uh, got a lot of fantasy. It's got a lot of song and dance numbers. It's sad. It's funny. But ultimately, it's about someone who struggled and found love. Like the story of uh, Queen. Yeah. Um, again, it was a young man whose father came back from the war. Yep, yep, exactly. The Second World War yep. and uh, yep. kept all of those terrible uh, memories to himself. Yep. And Because in those days you didn't express yeah. your feelings. Yeah. You, there was no uh, outlet for it. It was just like, well, just you know, get on with it. Um, so of course the children and, and everyone else around were the very whole much family suffers. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, go see Rocket Man if you haven't, and um, just say the case sent you. <laughs> it won't work. <laughs> now we're going to talk about retirement. Boy, now this is a if this isn't a life your life choices uh, subject, nothing is. Uh, that's about as broad as you could get talking about retirement case. So uh, how are we going to uh, venture into this land? Well, we did a survey, as we do, about 10 times a year, and we got nearly 4,000 responses to the question, what is the number one retirement postcode in Australia? The number one postcode? The number it one postcode. Queensland. Wrong. Oh, gee, I thought it would be Queensland. Um... It's a town or a city, so... A town or a city. Oh, probably down in Victoria. Would it be like Queenscliff? Nope. Oh, dear. It's not in Victoria, not in Victoria. either. Is it... All right. New South uh, Wales. That's three and you're out. Oh, Goodbye. Dear. Okay, Thanks tell me. for coming in. What's the number one postcode? <laughs> Just give me the postcode first. 5,000. 5,000? 5, mm -hmm. That's um, uh, Adelaide. 
Correct. Yeah. Adelaide. Adelaide, the according to our members, it is where they are happiest in retirement. Because I always think of Adelaide as the place where um, the kids leave and the folks stay and the kids go back there for Christmas, for birthdays, for whatevers. But uh, there, it is an ageing population in Adelaide, isn't it? Well, look, it is. But really, this was about where do you want to spend the rest of your life? And second... Monte Carlo. <laughs> no? Second, just for, for your reference, was Melbourne. And we were surprised by that because we hear all about this sea change and tree change thing. And no, 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 here are our members telling us they're capital cities, so... But aren't the folks in Victoria wanting to go up north because it's warmer? No, no. That's really? A, that's an old, old but idea. But J.B. Ockie Peterson has dropped the death duties, <laughs> hasn't he? Oh, sorry. Mate, I've, got to mate, get, I've, one... got to, I've got to check out your life choices more often. Yeah. Um, look, interestingly, back in the day, a lot of Victorians retired in Queensland and factually, they returned to Victoria because they missed their own communities. Oh. They wanted to see their grandchildren. Yeah. They didn't actually like living in a high rise and they wanted their own hairdresser, doctor, community. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So most people really actually want to age in place. So they want to grow older in their own community. Those who were looking at moving. Um, did want to go to Harvey Bay or Port Macquarie Mm. and so on. Mm. But when we said, hey, why Adelaide? We were told that it was like a big country town with the services and facilities of a larger city. And uh, as I say, uh, I mentioned in podcast one, I was in Adelaide, and the city is looking absolutely fantastic. And the medical facilities in that town are extraordinary. Um, the beaches are stunning. I was up in Semaphore. A lot of retirement uh, folks and, and homes around the Semaphore area moving uh, further north. It's a great town. It's a beautiful town. It's small enough to be walkable. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly health services were mentioned by yeah. the people who were rating it. Yeah. Um, safe good climate, uh, less financial pressure. Hello, yeah. Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so, and and a few people said low crime rates. So mm. I think, you know, feeling secure and wanting to get out and about. So let's give a big shout out hey. to Adelaide. All right, Woo-hoo. we're all going to Adelaide. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, was there a number two or three? Number two was Melbourne. Number three was Brisbane. Oh, Do you want to know go. where Sydney came? <laughs> where, where? Not in the top ten. Oh, well, that's, is that because of the expense? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I'd say so too. Well, wherever you are right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to have your company. Kay Fuddock's the publisher of Your Life Choices website, and this is uh, podcast number two of Mind Your Own Retirement. We'll be coming back after the break talking about Miss Kay. We will be talking about whether watching too much TV causes Alzheimer's. Oh, well, I'm in trouble. I work for Channel 7. I'm definitely... What was your name again? Oh, Kay. Kay, Kay Fadik. We'll be, we'll be back with that right after this. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. 
Visit pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income. With your life choices, Pension Checker. Back with Mind Your Own Retirement, Kay Fallick, the publisher of Your Life Choices website, and uh, we're talking about... Watching too much TV. Well, I don't know. With these, I mean, back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> I can remember. Can you remember when you? Or you're probably too young. I can remember when probably we first not. got our first telly. I I remember that. My dad brought a TV. You remember home. when I got my first TV? No, you're too old. But I remember when <laughs> our first one arrived. My dad was a spec builder. He'd make money or not make money. One day he made money. Bless him. And he walked in the house with a TV. Admiral? Oh, was it an Admiral? I'm going was to it say a pie? Astor. An Astor, maybe. yes. Maybe. No, Astor's right. I was three and my brother was five. Wow. And he walked out the room and then he walked back in and my brother said to him, Dad, you'll never guess what we've got. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, isn't that great? That's pretty cute, isn't but it? But I tell you what, Dad would have been a hero in that. Uh, oh, can wow. you remember some of the shows you first watched? Um, well, I can't remember when I was three what I was watching, but way back in the day, I remember F Troop. The end of the Civil War was near when quite yep. uh, Hogan's Heroes. Gilligan's Island. Oh, oh gee, I've no. done way back. Oh, you a bit oh, earlier, mate. Oh, yes, a bit before Johnny that. Johnny O'Keefe. John J.O.K., yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm talking Mavis about... Mavis Bramston. Ma- oh, you know, you're, you're so young. Why are you here? You're here with an old man. Oh, okay. Ooh, oh, no, well, I, I can remember 56 when, when TV first started. I wow. was, uh, well, I was five, but um, I'd been at Channel 7 now for 40 Five years or forty-four years now. So when you were five, they started so, to. <laughs> God bless you, Kay. But are we watching too much telly now? Well, here's the thing: in England, there's something called ELSA, which is the English Longitudinal Study of Aging, which huh? sounds grand. They looked at three thousand six hundred and sixty-two adults aged fifty and over. And they found a magic number of hours per day that people were watching TV for over which people could get decline in memory. Now, what is the number of hours per day that you can safely watch TV? I would say two. No, it's more actually, interestingly. Any more than three and a half hours a day and you'll be in trouble. Well, now I have to uh, ask for some qualification. Are we talking about watching game shows, which I love, by the way, (laughs) having made most of my career from game shows? But um, if you're watching, like I love watching the History Channel. Well, some of the people who were surveyed said, oh, but what about the educational benefits from watching documentaries? Quite right. More than three and a half hours, sorry. No, it will do damage. Oh, I've got to be, got to be mad if you watch more than three and a half hours, wouldn't you? I don't have three and a half hours. No, <laughs> nor do I. Say. Hello, no. Do you, do you know what I've discovered? What? Reading. Oh, that's been a constant in my life every I day. I know, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what you do. But yeah, no, I've yeah. discovered books because yeah, I've yeah. got this little cubby house um, that's on the water and I've got a telly that's not working too well. And I'm happy with that because I'm suddenly just rediscovering books. Yeah, love love can, reading. Can that be a problem as far as Alzheimer's? 
I hope uh, not. What was your name again? Karen? I, I hope not. Um, so what this study, yeah. Dr Fancourt is the expert, said cognitive preservation, that's yes. retaining memory, yep. comes from activities such as reading. Ah. So I think Dr Fancourt is saying reducing TV watching and upping the reading, which is what you're saying, is the answer here. It's very easy to be a couch potato at a certain age, isn't it? Look, again... If... And we talk about the kids watching too much telly, like, your eyes will get square. <laughs> well, the the surveys said... it's Dr. The survey said... <laughs> Sorry. ..that over the last decade, everybody's concentrated on kids and said, yeah. oh, look at yeah. the kids, they're watching too much TV. Watching too much screen time, yeah. period. And she said, but what about the other end of the lifespan? Say it, go and say it. Let's have a look at that. Us yeah. oldies. Yeah, Watching yeah. too much telly. Yeah. Get out yeah. of the couch, go for a walk. Yeah. You yeah. know, think of Norm. Yeah. Remember yeah. that... Take Ebony down the park, John. Go take your puppy down the uh, park. Yeah. Very... And I guess also in the UK... Might I dare I say, uh, climate would have a lot to do with folks just being inside, indoors. Very easy to just not. Oh, you're looking a bit po-faced at me. <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? I'm wrong. I think that's an excuse. I think it is too. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Get All in right. the kitchen, cook some pasta, do something. There you go. Yep. Watch Jamie Oliver, then get in the <laughs> kitchen and do it. True. Or Nigella. 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 My husband's in love with Nigella. Oh, I see. Look, I think she's... I actually a... have to switch her off because uh, I... he's too excited by her on the <laughs> TV. She... <laughs> he just making, likes watching her eating. Licking her lips. Yeah, but she goes down, you know, and she, you know, she, there's a chocolate cake at 3 o'clock in the morning. She goes, I know. You don't ever see her eat it, mate. Well, yeah. Do you? I, I think she's a healthy girl with a healthy appetite. I love her too. Yeah. All right. There yep. you go. Yep. Okay, folks, um, there you go. Too much telly, no good. No Reading good. good. Get out of your chair. Go and enjoy life. Summary. Go for a walk. Yeah. All right. What are we going to come back with after the break? Our travel editor, Leon, Ooh. is going to talk to us about how to get the best cabin on your cruise. Oh, hello. I'll be listening to that. Brilliant. Back after this. You're listening to Mind Your Own Retirement and Kay Fallick is here, the publisher of Your Life Choices website and e-news. You know, cruising is more popular than ever, as we know, with Australia being one of the world's biggest cruise hubs. Did you know that, Kay? Leon told me. Oh, well, there you are, because he <laughs> knows everything. But look, recent studies have shown that more than ever that over 55s would rather go on a cruise than a land holiday. What happened to the humble caravan? I don't know. But Leon Delabosca is here to explain which cabins are the ones to avoid and which ones will give you the best time at sea. And here's a man who should know all about cruising. Leon Delabosca, a big hello to you. Hi, John. How are you? I'm very well. Now, we've not met before, but it's, uh, it's lovely to be able to talk to you because everyone loves travel. Oh, everyone loves you too, John. So, oh. um, it's great uh, to talk th to you. This too. guy is great. This guy, Kay, pay this I'm man out. more money. I'm out. <laughs> pay this man more money. But we look, we seriously want to know some things. So here we go, Leon. We know that you've been writing about cruising for a few years, and I think it's really uh, hard from the outside to figure out. Which cabin do you want? How much do you have to pay? So how important do you think it is for the happiness of your travel to get the perfect cabin? 
Well, I think um, the, you'll be surprised at how important it is to get the right cabin, even though you may not intend to spend a lot of time in your cabin. Um, if you think about it, you're already sort of a, a captive to the ship. So like uh, if you had a hotel room you'd, and you weren't sort of too happy with it, you'd have the opp opportunity to sort of get out and explore the city and, and the surrounds. Unfortunately, you don't have that luxury on a ship. Well, not as much anyway. And um, there are a lot of people on board a ship, so your cabin can also be a sort of a refuge or an escape uh, when you do need a little bit of time to yourself. So, so many people uh, want the outside cabin with the... Because every time you see the adverts in the paper, uh, you see them the, on the lovely balcony, they're going, oh, isn't this lovely? Uh, do you need to have an outside balcony to enjoy a cruise? Is it just a personal thing? You can save a lot of money by going inside, can't you? Well, you can. Um, personally, I think the balcony, if you can get a balcony suite, then um, you should go for it. Uh, I think uh, having experienced the balcony suites myself, um, they're great for just a little bit of quiet time, uh, you know, a bit of a, bit of a book and uh, maybe um, order some room service breakfast and you can just sort of sit there and you have the sea to yourself. Um, and you know, a lot of cruise lines also offer free balcony upgrades if you sort of book early enough. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, I recommend getting a balcony suite. Having said that, there are great suites all over the ship. Some people might want an inner, a, a suite sort of more on the inside of the ship. Um, you can still get one of those and get views of the promenade or those sort of um, entertainment uh, areas and um, have just as much fun because, like I said before, you're not going to spend so much time in your cabin necessarily. Just to um, cut to the chase in terms of people who are concerned about sea sickness, yep. um, can you tell us how, how you could choose a cabin where you'll get the smoothest journey? Yeah, for sure. Uh, midship and as low as possible would be the general rule. Okay. Um, they may not have great views, but there is less movement in those areas. So um, it's more stable there. Yeah, in the middle. Um, well, it is, but there's also another train of thought. Can it get a bit noisy, you know, near the, uh, near the engines? In, yes, near the engines. Uh, I'd probably be more steering clear of the nightclubs and kitchens and sporting courts. Yeah. Um, Look for a cabin that's in between other levels, so maybe one that doesn't have the pool deck right above you or a nightclub above you or a restaurant just sort of below you. Um, yeah, you'll sort of be sandwiched between a couple of other levels and that'll give you a quieter, quieter time on board. I've got a question for you, Leon. Yeah. Uh, with so many of the seas around these days, and everyone think of any ship called of the seas, I think of some huge vessel with uh, multiple, multiple layers of... An apartment of, block. Oh, an apartment <laughs> block on the water, exactly. Is, is there a preference for the, uh, the smaller ships or do people still love going on the, the big beasts? Well, it depends what you're after. Smaller ships can go into sort of more ports and probably into, let's say, they're, they're a bit more intimate. Um, that's if that's what you're into. Uh, the larger ships, smoother ride out on the ocean, probably a bit more to do on board, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, look, I think small ship cruising is catching on and, and that's mainly because they can sort of go more places and visit more ports. So that's uh, when you're up around the fjords in Norway. Certainly in Alaska, the smaller ships get into in there, yeah. uh, the right places and, and also when people are interested in wildlife viewing, it's hard to get close with an apartment block. Leon, is there one tip, just one standout tip you would give to our listening audience? Do everything. 
If you're a first-time cruiser and you're not quite sure about going on a long voyage, try one of the sampler cruises that a lot of cruise lines put on. Um, they can put on like a two- or three-night cruise. Mainly, they call them cruises to nowhere sometimes. They'll just cruise offshore for a couple of days and you'll get to sort of see what it's on, like on board the ship and, yeah, and uh, see if you can handle the, the sailing. And we know Royal Caribbean and Princess do two or three-nighters out of Sydney, so... Thank you for sharing your expertise. We look forward to talking with you again. And, Leon, where are you going next? Uh, next, hopefully... Oh, well, actually, I'm off to Fiji in late July and oh, I'll be cruising to yeah, in Fiji with Captain <laughs> Cook Cruises, actually. Well, well there you are. There's a small uh, ship <laughs> as well. Yes. Can yes. you tell us all about that next time we have a chat? I'd love to. Good on you, mate. Great. Have some carver for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, yes. Thank you, Leon. Leon Delabosca, who's the travel editor for Your Life Choices magazine. You're listening to Mind Your Own Retirement with me, John Deeks, and Kay Fallick, the publisher of Your Life Choices website. Now, Kay, before we go, you're going to leave us with a nugget. And for those who didn't hear podcast one, a nugget being a, a gem of information, a little trinket to leave us with. Something you didn't know before. So with the onset of winter... In Melbourne, Paran Mission hosts winter breakfasts for people who can't afford to buy their breakfast, make their breakfast, or maybe people who've slept on the streets overnight. Uh, I have volunteered at the breakfasts in past years. My husband volunteers every year. He's a good soul. And I think it's just a good time to pause and think about something a lot of us take for granted is our breakfast and our morning coffee how many people haven't had breakfast and what can we do in our own communities to help them? What a nice thought too. And as we continue to uh, disintegrate within the communities where everybody knew their neighbours, everybody looked after one another, the kids could play on the street, everybody helped one another, it's so important to keep that communication and sense of community going, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So if you've got some spare time, head down to the library and just have a look at what kind of volunteering is needed mm. and particularly in winter, are there people at risk mm. and what can we all do to help them? There's a good way to get out of the house and do something and get away from the telly. Exactly. But when you do come back, make sure that you know what network to listen to. to watch. <laughs> Kay Fallick, thank you so much indeed for being part of this podcast, of course. You're the driver, the publisher and uh, the big kahuna for uh, your life choices. And folks, if um, you would know somebody who would find some benefit from listening to this podcast and indeed being on the Your Life Choices website, do tell them. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Kay. Bye, John. Bye.